We're very fragile. It's all true. It's all true. But like in a beautiful way, Joey. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so uh, just prepare to... Uh, It'll be great. It'll be perfect. Y'all motherfuckers don't watch us play throughout the year, to tell you the truth. I'm gonna be real with you, and I don't care if I get fired. That train is off the track. I feel like you, you can't just like jump through Neptune and be okay. What the show needs is more dogs and bears and chickens and stuff. Yeah, so uh, just prepare to uh, be a watch in goodness. Welcome Pacers fans. You are listening to the Unbeatables, your semi-weekly Pacers podcast. This is episode 576, coming to you from Indianapolis, Indiana. I'm your host, Joey Gafrida, the man behind the dials and former and future season ticket holder. This show, we're going to discuss what we are going to see out of this team for the end of the until, until the end of the season joining me this show are all three of our analysts coast to coast like buttered toast first from the high school home of jameson brewer silver spring maryland it's the doctor jason triplett what is up pacers fans what is up unbeatables I want to shout out this week to uh, what is on my mind this week. I want to shout out to uh, hats. Hats. Hats are on hats. Yeah. Hats are often on my head. Yes, good one. Uh, no, I want to shout out to uh, my aunt Barbara, or I guess uh, my aunt-in-law, great aunt-in-law. Um, anyway, hung out with her today. Had a good time. Went to a park. You know. Watch the kids run nice. around and all that good stuff. So, you know, things are good. So, shout outs. Shout, shout out. out. Shout out to families. From Asheville, North Carolina, he's our in house bartender mixing up the drinks and the crappy jingles, John Colson. Hey, it's Thirsty Thursday. Drink up. And from Boise, Idaho, out west, it's our enforcer, John Harbour. What is going on, fellas? Uh, yeah, my aunt has a birthday this week, so shout, shout out. out. Shout out, Aunt Shirley. Shout out. And also to the U.S. women's national soccer team, who took gold. Um, I don't know if you saw this. Poor Michaela Moore for New Zealand had three own goals. Ooh. Ooh. That's a bad day at the office. Yeah. Yeah. They took gold That's... in what? What competition? Uh, she believes cup apparently yeah shout out also anti shout out a wag of the finger to own goals they're just not fun I mean <laughs> a lot of times a lot of times you have no choice in the matter and so it's just what's, it, what's an own goal look like an own really? goal is where you knock it into your own net yeah somehow so the first one <laughs> was a cross that she tried to Redirect and she redirected into her own goal. Okay. Then she tried to uh, a, a, another cross, tried to head it out of bounds straight into the goal. <laughs> oh, <laughs> oh no! Oh no! Yeah, a lot of that. 
Uh, so we actually had my soccer team had this debate a couple weeks ago because I forget if somebody scored an own goal in our game or are we talking about some Premier League game and somebody had an own goal. And we were wondering if at the end of the season your own goals like contribute to your goal scored tally. Like mm. I think they you know do, don't I mean? they? I don't know. That was our question. I don't we were, think so. You don't think so? Okay. No. But they name the person that scores the own goal. Oh so. yeah. But I think I she got a hat trick. I know. Well, you know what? In basketball, they give it. That happens occasionally in basketball. But they just give it to the nearest person on the other team, like on the score right. sheet. Right. Yeah, you know? but that's not how they. But do I don't think that's what happens. You, like, get credit for the. It just says own goal. Mm-hmm. I I agree with Herbert. This is a hat trick. Mm-hmm. All right. Yep. That Earth. is anti hat trick. Before. We get into the show, and uh, we haven't started the show yet. I mean, before we get into like the meat of the show. Oh yeah, the veggies of the show, <laughs> the creamy nougat center. <laughs> I'd like to remind you that you can support the longest-running Pacers podcast, which is us, by heading over to Patreon.com/slash Undebeatables, and you can support us for as little as a dollar per month. If you get it at the five dollar per month level, you get uh, a koozie shipped out to you, and access to our Slack and all sorts of other good stuff. So, shout out to Patreon for letting us raise money on your platform. Shout out. <laughs> all right, team. We are post All Star break, and we want to discuss. What I guess sort of like what we expect to see from the Pacers team and what we think we're gonna see um, over the next uh, you know couple months, uh, last couple months of the season. You know this is I mean this is one of the you know as we discussed this was the the, the sort of biggest trade deadline by volume and by weight like <laughs> in many years, um, and it, it's a huge change. You know the team I, mean, I think. You know, my thoughts going into the season was that we're going to be competitive. You know, uh, and I was naive back then, but you know, we were going to be, we were going to be competitive in the Eastern Conference. Like I was like, I don't know, maybe, maybe like you know, top four. You know, maybe uh, looking at home court advantage in the playoffs, uh, at least for the first round. And we were, we were not that. And the team has been kerploded, and we now are looking to the future. Um, I think the last, you know, couple. I mean, basically, the, the the way the team has played since the since the trades have happened has been, you know, kind of. It's been fun. It's been much more fun to watch. It's been enjoyable basketball, um, and we don't win because you know we 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 do need to have, um, you know, a pretty low win total to get to get a high pick. So, and there are some other contenders out there um, that are that are worse than us. And so we need to make sure we don't slide too far up into the standings. Um, but but Harper, what do you like? What do you think we're going to see, and what do you hope to see through the end of the season? Well, as we record, the Pacers are sitting on twenty and forty through the first sixty games of the season. So mm. I guess I expect us to go approximately seven and fifteen the rest of the way, which uh, mm. would be. Uh, 27 wins that is 21 under what i predicted for the year so <laughs> not very good 
Wowzers. Yep. It's been an interesting year. But yeah, I mean, I you know, there's still plenty of questions out there. It's going to be mostly development. Um, you know, maybe we can learn something about whether Jalen Smith, I mean, the guy was a lottery pick, right? So uh, he could potentially be, be a good rotation player for us. We got some time to figure that out. Uh, obviously, very excited about uh, Halliburton and Heald. Uh, they look excellent. But sort of the big questions hanging out there are, um, you know, are we going to see Malcolm Brogdon again this season? And, uh, you know, even more importantly, maybe T.J. Warren. Um, mm. You know, what is the what's the long, long-term prospects of him with the Pacers? That That's a question that I just still don't know the answer to. And there doesn't seem to be a lot of chatter about it out there. I'm kind of fiending a little bit for, for news at this point and just haven't heard very much. Yeah, I'm real intrigued to see if any of these, you know, veteran guys actually get on the floor the rest of the season. Like, do we see Brogdon? Do we see Turner? Do we see Warren? Um, my inkling is no. At some level, there's no reason to rush any of them back. They're both, uh, you know, <clears> T.J. <throat> Warren obviously is batting, battling an injury that has taken him over a year to recover from so far. Turner's got a foot thing, and Brogdon has an Achilles thing. Like, these are all injuries that would help, that rests would help, right? So, uh, part of me is fine with that, because I agree with you, Joey. Like, somewhat the goal is to just lose as many games as possible and, and you know, get more uh, lottery balls in the, in the hopper. Um, but part of me is worried because I think we have to walk this fine line between uh, losing games and reestablishing our culture uh, in a winning manner. And I think that if we can lay that foundation over these next, what is it, 32 games that we have left where we are at least building a positive uh, environment and things are building towards something in the future, which uh, obviously everybody is on board that this season is over <laughs> but we want to be building to the next thing and I, I think that's going to be a hard um, space for uh, Carlisle and the rest of the brass to sort of navigate um, as, as we do that I don't know what do you think well Colson? it's it, well it's a hard needle to thread right I mean because the thing is is it, okay look if we go seven of 15 uh, that helps our draft picks but does that help our culture, you know? And so what do we do? Uh, what I have been appreciative, and in fact, I've even, I think I said on Slack was, um, I really liked watching the games this week. Um, these guys played hard, they were competitive, and they lost in the fourth quarter. Gives us a higher draft pick. I want to watch young guys that are entertaining and playing hard as opposed to a bunch of veterans who aren't playing hard and losing in the fourth quarter. Mm. Um, it's it's the same result, but it feels different. Um, Halliburton and Jalen Smith feel different to me than, um, you know, uh, Brogdon, Brogdon and Sabonis. And Sabonis. <laughs> it does. It just feels yeah. different. Um, and we were losing anyway, so let's... Halliburton seems to me like a revelation. Like, he is... I'm not saying he's the greatest point guard, you know, that God has ever created. 
but like the guy has natural instincts. Um, he, He's super charming. We'll, we'll, we'll link to the stuff that he did before the All Star break. He's just fair. He he could be the face of a franchise, and like I just, you know, he's averaging over ten assists since he showed up in Indianapolis. You know, um, this is the kind of guy that you want. Harper has said that he's been looking for this kind of guy for decades. He didn't want to do it at the the uh, by losing Sabonis. But this is what we got, mm-hmm. Harper. I mean, are you are you okay with this, or are you still bitter about it? I, I mean, I don't know that I was ever bitter about it. You know, certainly time will tell uh, how well it works out for us. But you know, the, the kid can play. There was never any doubt about that. Um, you he know, can the, shoot too, man. Yeah. Mm. I mean, the big thing this change post acquisition is is just expectations, right? When we were trotting out Sabonis mm-hmm. and Brogdon. Those guys were supposed to be winning games, and they weren't. Now nobody's really supposed to be winning games, so it's a lot easier to sit back and watch, right? I think that the good news, especially for you know from a culture perspective, is you know Halliburton and and Heald are they're they're used to losing already, so like it's I don't know that is that de- detrimental to their mental health to have to put up with it for another half season before we try and that's um, a good point, you know, reinstitute things. Yeah. They're already broken. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, I guess I also sort of meant like, you know, as we're building to the future, I I mean, I think there are still decisions to be made roster-wise, like about the fits of Brogdon and Turner and Warren. And part of that can be done sort of intellectually, and you, you think about how these pieces fit together, but another part might be how do they actually interact on the floor. You'd like to get and them So on you'd the like floor. to see them play together yeah. before you make some potentially catastrophic decision or something like that. Right? And you would think Warren especially would be interested in getting out on the floor because he's got yeah. contract negotiations to worry about. Right, right. I, I mean, mean, he seems like a hooper. Like, he yeah. wants to just get out there and ball. Like, I'm sure that that's the case, but... And it's not like he's used to playing for the L.A. Lakers. Like that's not that's what true. his career that's has true. been that's thus true. far. Yeah, you yeah. know, he was the, in Phoenix before when they were terrible. Yeah, and the Pacers, yeah. you know, went out and got him. You know, targeted and he him played well for and us. Got him yeah. and you know showed faith in the guy and believed he could play defense, which you know he did when he was healthy. So I, right. I don't know that right. that sort of you know that that can go a long way. One would think. Mm-hmm. Um, but it, it really comes down to, is he going to be healthy enough to play, period, right? Yeah. And if not, who's going to give him the money? Is it going to be us or somebody else? If he's not healthy, who knows? Yeah, I mean, nobody's going to pay him much of anything if he can't prove he's healthy. Yeah. Right, exactly. And, I mean, we've got the inside track, I guess, as far as yeah, we do. health goes or whatever. Yeah. Um, but whether or not he is a fan of being a part of the Pacers organization after the the Nate Bjorkren experiences, you know, <laughs> another question. Uh, what about what about Miles Turner? So we drafted this kid. Um, we didn't trade him because he got injured right before the trade deadline. Essentially, I assume that's why we didn't trade him. Um, he's now going to be a part of our team for the rest of the season and probably through the end of his contract, which is another couple of years. We've been doing this pod long enough to think that maybe he needed to be the leader of this team. And then we understood fairly quickly that he wasn't a leader. Um, 
is he a guy that can be a piece on anything? <laughs> is my question. <clears throat> I-, I can feel this. <laughs> I mean, he's an NBA player. He's an elite defender. Like, he's definitely can be a piece on something. When I'm looking at Isaiah Jackson, um, I'm wondering whether isn't this guy better? He could like alley oop all he wants, and like he could defend on the perimeter in a way that you know Miles Turner can't. Like, what are we holding this guy for? What are we doing it? Well, let's just get young and get hungry. Let's do it. I, th- I think that's still a distinct possibility. I think the fact that we weren't able to move him at the deadline doesn't necessarily mean that he's not on the trade market. You know, come summertime and i think that you know we we discussed this earlier like in some ways that broadens the market for a miles turner right as as more teams are reshaping their rosters and you know looking to add pieces like he's a clear piece like yeah i, I think it'd be great on another team it. i just got angry at the entire team this season like i i look i love this guy he's on my top 25 paces of all time i love miles turner but I got angry at everybody because we just were we just stopped giving a shit about basketball. And I don't I'm not okay with that. So if we need to get rid of you, I'm okay with it at this point. And and, and I think that I was okay with the changes we made, even though it was dramatic and painful with people I liked. Um Karis Levert and Demonis Modus because I wanted to change. I'm actually, you know what? Anybody can move at this point. I just need it to feel better i just need to feel better joey i mean i guess for for me uh, miles turner you know like, um you know and I, I don't know if you, you didn't outright say this but it sounded to me you were you were uh, hinting that miles turner's injury was self-inflicted so he wouldn't get traded Is that... <laughs> no I, I mean i think miles turner's good I mean, and i i mean i'd like to i'd like to see him on on you know this new look team. You know it's been hard. I mean, with, with T.J. Warren, you know we mentioned with, with T.J. Warren being out. I, I mean, T.J. Warren, if if on the roster, is certainly a part of that that new look team. But I mean, it's hard to it's hard to see how everyone fits exactly until. Oh, well, we what get do you mean? Wait, okay, no, no, no. Look, all you gotta say is I got Halliburton, Heald, Duarte, Warren, and Miles Turner. And like that's a that's a team that could win thirty five games. <laughs> Great. I don't know. I guess what's the time frame on this one? Like it's not this season, right? Like. Oh, I think another season we could win more than that potentially. Okay. Okay. I'm just talking about this season. Yeah, this season's done, yeah, man. This season's like, over. We packed it up. Pack it in. Yeah, we're not winning thirty five games, even if both those guys come back tomorrow. Like there's no way. Yeah, I, like I guess that's that's a 500 team, <laughs> like you know. Yeah, you know? yeah. So you go 500 down the stretch. Like, I'm a little curious what the you know what the vision really is. Um, you know, we definitely started experimenting with small ball, and we want to be able to shoot the three more. And you know, if we are going to more of a small ball up and down team, I, I think that. Turner especially, but Brogdon as well maybe uh, are not necessarily super natural fits into that kind of system if that's what we're eyeballing. 
I mean, Brogdon's a really efficient three-point shooter. And but Miles, he's not like a and Miles Turner. I mean, he, he's selective with it, but he's efficient. And then Miles Turner is not great at shooting the three, but at least he's a big that can shoot the three. But he doesn't necessarily. Neither of those guys are guys that I think of getting up and down the court, right? Oh no, no, no! Neither of them run up and down. We've got uh, the gate, gate, and uh, <laughs> uh, Brogdon likes to to slow things down for sure. Yeah, I mean, weirdly, I feel like it's more likely that at the beginning of next season we have Turner on the roster than Brogdon. Yeah, I'm with you. I, I think Halliburton has replaced him. Um, just watching, I mean, God, I so love how he's taking control of this team. He gets this rebound, he throws it full court. He just, he just, he forces uh, the defenses. Our, our, our offense is so much more interesting. And also, he's better at defense than Brogdon. Honestly, watching him, he's better one-on-one defensively. Yeah, I think we've got somebody. And there's no question that Halliburton's our one, right? Like, there's yeah. no controversy totally. about. Oh yeah, if no, he's no, off no. guard, you know what I mean? Um, he sees himself as a point guard. Yeah, like he, yeah, like pure and simple. He's just like absolutely. I am a point guard. Yeah. Um, it may not have been what he played growing up, but I the kid is just super gifted and it is what it is but that puts you in kind of a strange position we're definitely keeping Duarte that kid is a gamer yes for sure Uh, sure. and at that point you're looking at Heald and Brogdon and do you want to keep both of those guys right so I'm with you Jason it seems like it seems likely 20 million dollars a year one of those guys uh, doesn't isn't isn't in our isn't on our roster at the beginning of next year yeah, and I think Brogdon more likely because, well, I mean, if you're smart about it, you know, we've talked to Ad nauseum about, like, the crisis of leadership on this team, right? I mean, and this goes back, I mean, I guess, you know, during the David West years, we had cleared leadership, but, you know, when Jermaine O'Neal was on the roster, like, we, Colson and I would have ridiculous late night, late night conversations about, you know, like, we need to send this guy to a psychologist and teach him how to be a leader and whatever, send him to executive school or whatever, I don't know. Um, but like Halliburton is that's the best thing about him like his talent on the floor is amazing but the thing that takes it above and beyond is he has that that thing whatever it is that makes him a leader and makes him want to connect with the other guys in the locker room and take them to other levels and you know Brogdon I think fancies himself that as well uh I don't know how effective he is with that, especially on this team in this environment. And to create a cohesive locker room, I think you got to remove as much tension of that as possible, right? Yeah, that's a good point. And and having having him sticking around and thinking like he's he should be the leader and whatever, like when it's like clear that Halliburton is the guy we want to give the keys to. You know. Well, I mean, you know, uh, Kevin Pritchard came out and said, I was looking for a player that could be the leader for this team for the next 10 years, and I found it in Halliburton. I mean, I he's already said that. I mean, he also said... Out loud. I have interviewed 40 different candidates, <laughs> and the guy for this team is Nate Bjorkren. <laughs> so I'm going to take Kevin's Pritchard word 
and I'm gonna <laughs> trust it as far as I can throw the man. But my, like, I, I agree with that. But the point that the the reason I say that is because Malcolm Brogdon heard that. Sure. So absolutely. he knows he's yeah. out. Um, and so even if we keep him around, his life is different. That's my point. Now sure. I'm not saying that that. Uh, yeah, I God, I really hope Halliburton's way better than Brogdon. I, I really do, and I, I'm already on the floor. I can feel that he is. <laughs> he's, he's, yeah, absolutely is. He's not a psychotic narcissist, you know. Like, I feel like this guy's the face of the franchise. Uh, he, he better be. We just traded our face of the franchise for him. <laughs> <laughs> it could be the case that Brogdon is also like miscast in this leadership role, and he's like, he's like, I don't want this <laughs> like yeah. i came here to play with victor oladipo who is the leader of this mm. team mm. and mm. i wanted to mm. be the, a wingman and maybe he's like perfectly happy and he's like awesome <laughs> take over dude like i'll just sit over here and like nail catch and shoot threes like all right well it'll be fun to watch whatever happens i'm hoping we could land uh i'm hoping we can land a good pick because then we got to Pull it out of the draft. So they say this is a, a top four heavy draft pick. So All right, we know what we got to do. Yeah. All right. Well, we'll we'll, we'll certainly be here to talk about uh, the rest of the season as as it happens. Um, I'm excited. You know, it's it's um, you know it had certainly been at times not not much fun to watch, and now now we have hope again for the future. You know, before it was um, you know. It was dark days, dark days, but we have we have a light in front of us now. I think it's time to take a quick break. We'll be back in a few minutes, and uh, we've got my stat of the week, and maybe an undergoogable if, uh, if we got the time. Street red leaf cover weed with the young guns open up they lungs to the beat. Wow, I feel like Elder Bar trust my soul glow. I'm on some no dos. I'm coming to spicy with the pro yo. Collect call from the loose jaws of a space station. Black and beautiful and permanently on a vacation. Nigga, baby, roll up on a roller coaster. Think about the great migration. Barefoot while I two step in a gotten fear while we picking out these great vibrations. Down the Ross and the gloves singing off key. Can't keep a wine drunk hands up.
We are back from the break. First thing I want to do out of the break is drop a stat of the week on you. Joey, stat of the week! We have talked about one NBA player a lot over over the many, many years that we have been doing the show. LeBron James. You've heard his name in the news. Well, a little bit more recently, he, he's uh, saying that he wants to play with his son, which um, should be here in, in, in the next... I don't know because when his son would be eligible to play, but it'll be... But he said he wants to join his, his son, so it's a package deal, it sounds like. <laughs> but LeBron has now taken over the all-time career points leader with uh, with the regular season and playoffs combined. He now, as of today, sits at 44,190 points. He passed Kareem Abdul-Jabbar at 44,149. So he's number one all-time regular season and, and playoffs. playoffs. Okay. Yep. So he is... Uh, in the lead, he's Go. got um, a bit of work to do to like get the regular season one. He's uh, Kareem has got him by mm, almost two thousand points there, but he's uh, but he does have the, he, he has the number that. one. No problem. Yeah, yeah. So and he he is the number one in the playoffs. So uh, over Jordan, uh, he's got yeah he's over twenty six hundred more than Jordan. So yeah. and just in the playoffs. So, yeah, dude made the finals for like seven straight years. So yeah. he didn't <laughs> was take, it eight? Didn't take yeah. any of those years off, unlike yeah. some people. Yeah. Right? Exactly. <laughs> was that a shot at me? Come <laughs> <on>. <laughs> so I don't think anyone's gonna. Uh, the closest player to him that's still active is Carmelo Anthony, who is that's ridiculous. Awesome on his team and. Sucks. <laughs> he's also uh, under thirty thousand total, so he's you know fourteen thousand plus behind him. Wow. Kevin Durant is the closest person uh, behind him that could actually do anything about it. Right. Not actually not far at all behind Melo. I mean, the Nets have to make the playoffs this year though to help him out. Oh, burn. Well, they're currently in what the tenth seed. Eighth. Oh, eighth. Well, oh. Kevin Durant first has to play basketball. Right. Well, first person. of all, Colson, remember we got. Well, you know what? I was gonna say, I the the play in game doesn't count for anything. It's like a it's like a void game, right? That's like, right. So I don't think that there's a space on the um, regular season of playoffs. Brooklyn is in eighth right now. But is tied for the best odds to win the championship <laughs> in the Eastern Conference. Oh. In the you have teams in the East. Oh boy! Start betting money. Who's the other one? The Bucks. Yep. Both the okay. Bucks and the Nets are plus six hundred. Yeah. I mean, a healthy Durant and no one almost took down the Bucks last year. <laughs> That's true. That is true. That is very true. And they now have more pieces, so potentially. I mean, if they can get anybody, everybody healthy, but that's been that's been the problem. Depending right. on what city they play in. Yeah. 
health, and location. <laughs> health and location. <laughs> <coughs> That's what they say about real estate. Yep. <laughs> That was it. Was health location location location? <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> People often forget about the beginning of that. Right, right. It is time to move on to our final segment. Oh, are we doing under Googleables? That was the plan. Super excited. Um, you told us we had to. So. <laughs> so it was, he said we, he said we signed up for it. In the end, it's going to be better and more true than Google can give you. I'm really excited about this uh, under Google. Uh, we got a write-in from fan of the show. Uh, so Christina uh, Schnobird or whatever. I don't know. Nailed it. Her 12-year-old kid, apparently, 12-year-old kid. Uh, was listening to uh, our podcast while she was driving him to school. His name is Aaron. So uh, shout out to Aaron. Uh, And so he wanted to ask, and I feel like this is useful. Uh, I think this is a really good question. I didn't know how to answer it to him. What what does AM and PM stand for? And when did it come about? Oh, wow. Good question. I think it's a really good question. We've got a 12-year-old asking a really good question, and we need to an answer it for him. This is the, you know, the clock yeah. before noon, yeah. afternoon. Why, why, I, I, in my head, the moment I heard that, I was like, yeah, why do we divide the 24 hours into half? Like, that's so, stupid. Well, A, Like, because military dumb. time, well, no, military time goes 24 hours, right? Exactly. So, like, well, right, right. why do we do anything else? Well, because done. the easiest stupid. marker of time... Or the original marker of time in Citrus before we standardized time was was, was daylight noon, was high noon, right? When the sun is at its highest in the sky, that's when you're most confident of what time of day it is. Okay. Right. Um. So that's why I think we divide the day basically before and after high noon. And my guess is that okay. the A is something like anta. Yeah. And the P is post. And the M is meridian. I think it's meridian. 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 Anti-meridian. And post-meridian? It's (laughs) (laughs) post-Malone. That's a joke for all the youngsters. (laughs) (laughs) No no doubt. Not familiar with his work. Yeah, because this is going to a 12-year-old, so he's going to be totally on that one. There we go. Is that, are you, Harper, you seemed like you jibed with that. Does that, that make sense to you? Yeah, it does indeed. And I I suspect that, yeah, the meridian would be the, the, the center point. So presumably in this case, we're talking about the center point in the sky, at which point the sun crosses from one side to the other, right? Do you think, so, yeah. And when do we think this came about, I guess? Well, that's, no, that's, that, sure. that's that's the interesting question, right? So, like, I mean, if you think about it, like, high noon, we start to understand as, you know, half of the day. 
people have been bef- tracking the sun bef- since the beginning. But that's what I'm saying. Yeah, so yeah, where do we, exactly. where do we go? Is what I'm saying. How far back do we go? Is what I'm saying. Uh, well, post Latin because there's some Latin words in there. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Greeks. I'm guessing. I don't know. Yeah. Okay. Do you think it was 24 hour clock before that? No, when, they didn't even have clocks before that. When it was a sundial, and I think this is. I, I, I really like uh, Roman, not Greek. I'm going to go with Roman. Romans, okay. I think they came up with this in like 500. I mean, there's a couple of different. Yeah, one is is when did we split it, and then when when did that? <laughs> well, so let's see. Let's think more abstractly here. So, in a lot of languages like the European languages, there are different salutations based on relative, like morning versus afternoon versus night. Yeah, and different sure. clothing. I mean, you don't want to show up to, you know, the dinner party with your morning gloves on. You look like an idiot. Sure. Right. So the day... It's your ascot versus your cravat. Yeah. Exactly. Right. And yeah. so the day <clears throat> is divided. So it makes sense to me that they would have different designations for that in the time i mean i guess that doesn't answer why you would split a 24-hour clock into two 12-hour things unless it's simply that that like yeah i don't know it doesn't make any sense i mean on some level it really only makes sense once you've established i mean you know the question is why did we establish a 12-hour clock right right Presumably when timekeeping became more common. Right. Which is trains. And so the reason to set things like relative to high noon is because that's the one thing that's going to be constant across um, seasons. Right. So, So you might think that the more natural thing would be to have hours during the night and hours during the daylight. But since those change with the seasons the length of those times like you can't do it that way so you would have to do it divisible by a different thing a different marker right and the the daytime one makes sense high noon is going to always make sense how you figure out what midnight is i have no idea i mean just relative to the other one i mean you relative just need to a the clock. other one yeah just 12 okay. hours later yeah so I mean, maybe that's simply the answer. Right? So you're basically just running everything off high noon. Yeah. It's Boy, but that's do. that's rough though. Is it? Like, I mean, if if you actually have reliance upon the sun for timekeeping matters, like you would, learn you're probably how to pretty do good it. at it. Yeah, exactly. What we got? All right. AM stands for the Latin ante meridium. Oh, we we, were, that, we nailed before that. Before midday, and PM stands for post meridian. We nailed that as midday. well. Nailed that as well. So, according to aspirantform.com, the Egyptians divided the day into 24 equal parts by using the base of 12. Of course they did. But why? <laughs> <laughs> Oh, Egyptian sundial for daytime, water clock for nighttime. Oh, I love the water clock. And they both divided their respective times into 12 hours each. Romans also use a 12-hour clock. I mean, it may be that clockmakers 
just found the 12 hour system simpler and cheaper other places did do the 24 hour clock 12 hour clock was used in the British Empire right that's what I'm seeing uh, the first mechanical clocks are in the 14th century I'm not seeing anything on time frame of using actual AM and PM um, it keeps it, I keep getting British Empire over and over again Alright, so but, the term, according to Grammar Phobia, first recorded in English in 1563. How'd they figure that stuff out with, like, the stars and the sun and all that stuff? Yes. That's amazing. <laughs> That's amazing. Yeah, Alright. Well, we nailed it. Mm. Ish. Mm. Ish. Yeah. yeah, I still don't know why we use 12-hour clocks. Yeah. But we know see, what it yeah. stands for, and we know that it came from uh, the Egyptians. Mesopotamians. Yep. What did we learn? Mm. <laughs> I asked myself that a lot. Into the mirror. We'll, we'll listen to it a year from now. We'll, we'll, uh, yeah, we'll yeah exactly. When it comes back out. <laughs> no, but, but uh, you know, I'm, I'm, we're, we're trying to teach a 12-year-old right now what's going on. So what did we learn? We yeah. learned that we and should probably <clears throat> should probably start using question. military time. It was a good mm-hmm. question because we don't know the answer. That's right. All right, military <clears throat> time. <clears throat> Somewhat you know, you can you can actually set that on your uh, iPhone. You can set it on basically any digital clock. Mm-hmm. I mean, not on your oven clock. Sure, you can. Some ovens. No, probably. they don't do the twenty-four hours on your oven clock. Some do. Um, I'm I'm sure. Oh, 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 you guys have the fancy ovens, huh? Oh, look at you guys. <laughs> I had the big money guys with the oven clocks that go 24 hours. Mine only goes 12, all right? I'm just mm. saying. Yeah. I can't cook yeah. something longer than 12 hours. The numbers don't go up to more than 12 on my oven. So go be fancy in your... Will do. I'm going to come hang out with you and, and cook my turkey for 24 hours later our oven also has a Shabbat function (laughs) it It has a Shabbat function yes did I just say function or function (laughs) you got it covered now yeah wait what does that do Jason I'm I'm not you can like preset it to like uh, turn on for you because you're so if you're um Orthodox are very yeah, observant. You're not, allowed to you're work, not supposed right. to do anything on Shabbat, like even turn on right. the oven. All right, I, I, in in college, I did some babysitting for a Jewish family, and they asked me to do those things for them. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's a common way to get around it. Right, yeah. Yeah. solid work around slave labor. Yeah. I mean, it was like stuff like it was like flip on the lights, turn on the and, lights. You know, yeah, it was stuff that. like that. It was, yep. it was. Boy, I just I don't know where you draw the line. It's uh. Yeah. Yeah. It was always small stuff like that, yeah. you know. So it was it was never They were I would say modern orthodox where they followed the rules, but they they were a little bit like they would eat at um non not kosher, but they would eat kosher things. Like, you know what I'm saying? Like mm. 
anyway. They kept separate silverware and plateware and stuff like that. They did, yeah, yeah. yeah. Are you just putting people's news on the street right now, Joe? Is that what's happening? <laughs> just I didn't say who. I didn't say who it was. <laughs> I'm also pretty entertained with Colson right now. <laughs> <laughs> what happened to you? What's what's going on with your microphone, bud? What I'm saying, I don't know. It just it won't stay up. <laughs> okay, it's never happened to like him before. <laughs> no, 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 this <laughs> is a new fair. thing. When you were younger, you never had that problem. I know. Yeah. I'm 40 now. When I was 20, right. my microphone always stayed up. All right. Well, it is time. Uh, the reason I'm to showing you is because it will continue to go down. Get the F.O. Just like <laughs> the quality of this show. No, 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 no. It goes up and up and up and up. Look at that. Look at that. See, look. It's all happy. We will be back with you next Monday. I'm assuming. I'm have to hold the mic from now on. Hey guys, this might be the one where the FCC steps in. <laughs> Not like we wouldn't do this, but 576 was egregious. The country's been through a lot the last couple of years. <laughs> just like just lay this, off a little. This bit. can't take it anymore. Um. Let's so see. so some people say I'm too intense. Okay. Uh, here's what I'm gonna say. Suck it. <laughs> yeah, you're super chill. <laughs> I'm super chill. <laughs> I have the microphone in my hand now, and I'm not screwed. <laughs> oh yeah. <laughs> 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 We will be back with you for some reason on Monday. <laughs> Until then, you can hit us up on social media. We're on Twitter at Undebeatables. We're on Facebook.com slash at the Undebeatables. Our website is theundebeatables.com. There's a contact form there. You can use that to send us a message. Uh, but we're a little fragile right now, so be careful with that one. And uh, shout out at theundebeatables.com. And uh, the website slash store. For, <laughs> for the architect, Johnny Walsh, and our once and always Hall of Fame, <laughs> Bobby Sinclair. Turn out the lights. The party is so over. I think that microphone stand you've used for the, like the last eight years has just been holding you back. Yeah, I just need to be right in my in my face. Oh my <laughs> just, I need to be more involved in the mic. Just be louder. Hey, look. I mean, hey, look. Here's the thing. Here's the thing. They said I'm too intense. I could be more intense if you'd like. I'm good. Party's over. <laughs> <laughs>